This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Gordon, Gordon, Gordon. Can you imagine that people are still talking about <laughs> Robert Sala today? Yeah. Could you well, imagine? I mean, that's the, the, Could you that's imagine? the kind of comments that they made. I mean, it's unbelievable. So, so let's listen to a couple of folks, shall we? Okay. Let's begin with Keyshawn Johnson. He was on, you know, KJM. You probably heard him this morning when he said yep. it, Gordon. And he says, very simply, Robert Sala, don't worry about the media. Worry about your team. As a coach, why are you paying attention and listening to people that are paid, fans that pay to go to games, and people that are paid to talk about the games? If you go back a year ago, he was worried about what Rex Ryan said. Coach the damn team. There's a certain adding up of information. Stop worried about what Rex Ryan is talking about. You're not him. Okay, I'm not you. I'm going to do it my way. Stop worrying about Max Kellerman, J. Will, Keyshawn, talking about how the team doesn't look inspired. Well, here's the thing, Gordon, on that, and I hear what Key, I hear what Key is saying. But Gordon, he's asked the question. Okay, he was asked what did, what was your response to what Rex Ryan said. He was asked about you know the issues with the the, the, the guys on the K show asked him yesterday about you know the situation with how things are going. So it's not so much that he's totally listening, and I'm not saying he's not listening, Gordon. I'm not, but a large part of it is. When he talks to the media, he's asked questions based on what the media has observed, based on what fans write in to various Twitter accounts. And he's got to say something. Now, I don't know that he should have said what he said. But, I mean, to, to go with Keyshawn saying, he is worried about coaching. There's no question about it. That's why he said what he said. <laughs> yeah, but you got to be able to work your way around these questions to not add anything inflammatory to it because he took what was an innocent question and now he's made it a story for the last two days. And maybe maybe he wanted to do that to show support to his team so his, know, his, his guys know that they he has their back and all this type of stuff, but I think it's completely counterproductive. And any time that he is spending worrying about what the media is saying, worrying about the fans are saying, is completely waste of time. Complete waste of time. Worry about yourself. You're the one. You know, there's some jobs that success is is very open to interpretation. You know, a talk show host, you know, yes, you can base it on ratings to a certain degree, but a good talk show host, a bad talk show host, some people, it's open to beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. Head coach, it's not that way. No, <laughs> it's wins and so it's much. losses. Yeah. It's wins and it's losses. So you're the one who controls it, not us. Not the not the fans, not the media, not people on Twitter. It's all about you. You go do what you got to do, and there's nothing that we can say. Yeah, it's true. And it's, it's just unfortunate that he's had, you know, I'm just saying, I said it yesterday, Gordon, I'll say it again. He's not had success. He's feeling the heat. Absolutely. There's no question. And, and I get it. And, and you know what? And Tannenbaum kind of said it. We'll hear from him in a second. As a head coach, we don't like it. We make jokes about it. But you really have to be like Belichick. You got to be like Belichick. Stuff doesn't bother. It doesn't seem like anything bothers him. He's as bad when they win as he is when they lose. He is yeah. the same person. And unfortunately, that's the that's the way you have to be as a coach. Well, I mean, you certainly don't have to tell us what you're actually thinking. No. <laughs> <laughs> you Mm-mm. can, 
I mean, you think that there hasn't been times where Brian Cashman has wanted to, or, you know, people that have been around here a long time, that they wanted to, to say something, but they know that that's just going to keep the story going longer yes. than they want it to keep going. Yep. So there's no point on that. There's, not, there's nothing to be gained in that. And we've seen, be it uh, Lindor, be it Julius Randle, there's nothing good you can come from going at the fans or I, I think that he more meant this as a media thing. I don't really I think agree. he meant this as the fans per se. With the exception of writing the tick jumping off the bandwagon, we won't let you back on. Yeah, I guess I maybe think that, that was does more, have to do with the fans. Yeah, because I, I, th- I took you know. it as, as more of media people who have had fun at the Jets' expense. But here, here's the thing, man. You're the one that controls that. If you go yeah. out and win, people can't have fun at your expense. There's been plenty of people who have fun at the Giants' expense. Yep. There's been plenty of people who have had fun. There's people that have made their careers making fun of the Knicks. Yeah, really. So uh, you you are the one who are in control of your fate, not us. Here's what Mike Tannenbaum had to say about Robert Salas' comments on the K Show yesterday. For a guy that says to ignore the noise, he's listening to every bit of it. I would sit him down and say, don't read anything. Don't listen to anything. What you need to worry about, the Baltimore Ravens came into that stadium without their left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, their best running back, J.K. Dobbins, without a really good corner, Marcus Peters. They made no excuses and won the game. And if Coach Parcells was coaching at Robert Sala right now, he would say one thing to him, no one cares. Just go win football games. And you haven't done enough of it. And as a leader, that was not what he needed to do. When you're a leader, you take all the blame and you you deflect the praise and put it on your shoulders and convince those men in the room when they come in on Wednesday morning that we have a real chance to win the next week. There was no praise. <laughs> he couldn't deflect no. the praise. No. There was no praise. That was well, the problem. I mean, he, he could have focused on the defense's performance. He and could, he could have. have focused on some did. of the rookies, the corners, certainly. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there was not much. There was but not. he couldn't, Gordon, because the story was how bad the offense was. Yep. It overshadowed everything. It overshadowed because they were just so bad. There was no – that story about how well the defense played, Gordon was probably in the last paragraph of every yeah. story. The main story was how bad the offense was, and there were no adjustments to it. Well, you know, uh, Bart Scott has become very sensitive about how people talk about his former team. So I was very curious to hear what he would have to say about Robert Salas' comments, and here's what he had to say to uh, Alan Hahn on Barton Hahn earlier today at noon on 987 ESPN. What he's saying is y'all miserable about everything around here. Miserable because your rent's too high. You ain't got nothing to do with that. I ain't got nothing to do with the damn 10 years. I got here to do what I got to do now. And I'm building towards that. And if you don't see it, I don't give a damn. Because guess what? At the end of the day, you can cut me, fire me, wherever you want. I'm going to get my check. And I'm not concerned with your opinions because they don't matter to me. Because guess what? You know, if you know my opinions don't, don't matter, then why the hell are you addressing them? Why are you keeping receipts? Why keep receipts if my opinion doesn't matter? Because I'm letting you know. And he wasn't talking to the fans. When he said I'm keeping receipts, he talking to about the rich Saminis of the world that never had nothing positive to say, that's always lightweight hating, and then you want to come in and get exclusive. Excuse me, can I talk to Quentin Williams today? No! Excuse me, when we start balling out, can I talk to Zach Wilson so I can try and sell something to Clout Chase and make some money on my radio station or make some money in my paper? No! When I say receipts, that's the receipts I'm talking about. When you want to blatantly hate, don't come back. That's what I mean. Keep that same energy when we start balling, and you need us because you can't have it both ways. It's one thing to be critical. It's one thing to be a natural-born hater and try and make Make me the butt of your jokes. They've been the worst team over the last five years. What are we supposed what are we supposed to say? When we start balling, when will that be? 
When, when, when do we have an expected time of when the balling will start? Not yet. Oh my God! I mean, what are we supposed to talk? Do we are we supposed to not say anything about the Jets? So we just stop talking about the Jets altogether because the, what else would they played eighteen games under the head coach and they've won four of them. Yep. And one of them was with the backup quarterback. Yeah, I know. It was like a fluke. Yeah. Oh my God! I, I don't know what people expect you when you give when you put out garbage year in and year out. What do you expect us to say? We got to have. Uh, we, we, we maybe lighten the mood some with some jokes, but I mean, I, I don't know what anybody is supposed to say about the Jets. You can't put lipstick on the pig. Oh my God! The team has been bad. There's no, there's no two ways about it, Gordon. They, and it's not even just bad. They've been the worst. And they and they've made mistakes over and over, over and over and, and over, and over again. again. If it's not personnel, it's personnel in the front office. It just has it. it even when they were going to back-to-back AFC championship games, there were things that they were doing that, that disrupted it. But at least they were winning, Gordon, so they weren't made a big deal out of. Because, guess what? They were winning games. So winning took the focus, as it always does. Losing is taking the focus because they're losing. And Bart knows that. He understands it. He understands it. He knows. I mean, what is Rich Samini supposed to write? The truth. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know Rich that well. We've talked a couple of times on the air. But, I mean, like, seriously, like, what is he supposed to write? And you're telling me when the Jets were going to, to back-to-back AFC championship games that, that Rich was writing this, this, this slog of, oh, no, they're, they're, they're terrible, they're not that good. No, he was writing what they were doing at the time. Absolutely, which was being successful. Right. Exactly. That's how it works. And trust me, if the Jets have any success this year, just take a look at the Giants. The amount of people and Giant fans who have been crowing after one win. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. Oh, my God. You would think (laughs) that they were going to the Super Bowl. (laughs) So if the Jets have any success at all, Mm -hmm. there'll be plenty of positive things. But the first thing has to happen is there has to be something positive. They didn't give you anything on Sunday. Nothing. Nothing, because the offense was so bad. It just was. Uh, okay, so I heard part of Alan Hahn in the conversation with Bart. Let's see what Alan Hahn had to say. Not everything he said there I have a problem with. What did he say? Oh, New York, everybody's miserable, everybody's angry, yes. everybody's yes. ready to jump off. Of- and you know what? Those yes, of course. Facts. Because, listen, when you take a job in certain places, you don't just hire and like, hey, whatever happened before me doesn't count. No, it does. He didn't say it that. It does. You carry the weight of whatever you inherited because that. it's a fan base that has been here before you, and they're looking at you and saying, can you be the answer, please? And when you don't give me any type of tangible evidence that you are the difference, I'm going to be frustrated because it's been 10 years since this franchise made a playoff game. And you're going to start telling me about how, oh, everybody just gets so upset. You so, think? So, because so, it's been 10 freaking years. So, and you're so, going to play game one in our building. And we're there on 9-11 celebrating a new yeah, season. Right. And that's how you play. And I'm supposed to just sit back going, well, we got to give them time. Everybody be patient. Did, 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 there did, is did, no patience did, here. Did, did. Wow. Alan was fired up about that, Gordon, wasn't he? I mean, and here's the thing. It's actually been 11 years since the Jets made the playoffs. That makes um, it worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, Robert Sala didn't want the job, right? He's not yeah, he Zach did. Wilson. Zach Wilson got drafted by the Jets, mm-hmm. right? There was nothing really yes. that Zach Wilson could do. 
Robert Sala accepted the job. He did. So he knew what – you don't get to go after two years now or the second year started to go back and say, well, you know what, uh, when we got here, it was this or it was that. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's why you got the job. If it, if it was a good situation, the still guy that Frisco. was here before – Right, he'd still be here. And <laughs> it was not Frisco. a good situation, right. Exactly, exactly. So, listen, uh, it is a lesson well learned by him. I'm sure he will, moving forward, be a little better at this. Uh, and this is what we talk about, Gordon, about what, do, how do coaches improve in their second year? Well, his media, his media, you know, savvy is not good. It's not. So what he's got to do now is starting tomorrow, put all that stuff behind him, and try to find a way to get a win against Cleveland. Because if he gets a win against Cleveland, Gordon, right, of course. all this will stop. Of course. We won't even be talking about this anymore. We'll be talking about, wow, they beat Cleveland. Can they beat Cincinnati? Absolutely. They beat Cincinnati before. So right. he's in control. Once again, as you pointed out, he's in control of the narrative. It is just so funny. And that's the one thing that I've always admired and said to people for years about Derek Jeter. I said, you know, Derek Jeter should do a class at the new school for how to control the media narrative in the Big Apple. Because he did it his whole career, Gordon. His whole career. He didn't tell you a thing. And he controlled. And, and he just, if you were an athlete, right. you followed knew, his he role. Knew what, he knew which he ways knew he wanted to take questions. Yep. He knew which way he didn't want to take questions. Yep. He, he never, made, he he never had a misstep in terms of answering questions. And think about all the time. He, he answered questions before the game and after yes. the game. Every and was always available, game. Gordon. Always available. Always available. As the captain, he knew. His job was to be available. If Gordon, there would be losses where there would be not a soul in the clubhouse. And then here comes Derek answering questions. And and so that's who that's who you understand. Gordon, don't athletes under coaches and athletes understand that they actually have control of the media? Don't they get it? Apparently not. They have control. They control what they say. It's 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 scary. It is. 1-800-919-3776. At the bottom of the hour, we'll take you to the ballpark. We'll hear from – we might have an Answers with Aaron. Do you oh, remember how to do while, Answers with Larry. Aaron? It has been a long time since we've done an Answers with Aaron. Do you remember how to do Answers with Aaron? I don't know. I might have forgotten. It's been at least a month. Oh, easily. I it mean, might be over a month. one since we got back from vacation. We've been oh, back, definitely not. We've been back on vacation so long, Rick and Dave have taken tw- two of them. So, I mean, it's been a long time since we <laughs> – and Dave's gone again. He is. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, Rick's, and Rick's doing the NHL shoot, so he's going to be gone soon. Yeah, so absolutely. It's, it's unbelievable. We'll come back and talk to you next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. So what had happened was, <laughs> uh, <laughs> after looking at the video, I realized that Man, I blew this. We should have. We were. I. We've got Russell. You have Russell Wilson. I mean, help me out, Gordon. That's why you got him for plays yeah. like that. I mean, think about all the draft picks that you gave up to get him. You gave up players to get him. You sign him to a contract for two hundred and something million dollars, and then with the game on the line, you say, you know what? You sit down. We're going to try a sixty-four yard field goal, and we're going to run a bunch of time off the clock before we do it. Yes, which was his Ooh. biggest mistake. Which yeah. was his. Biggest mistake right there. I mean, that was just ugly all the way around. It was so bad. I mean, that was just melting down your first game. 
Yeah. It just is getting exposed at such a level. Oh, my God, he's got to be bad. sick when he watched that. It's bad. It's bad. You know, the guys talked about it on the K show, right, Gordon? Mm -hmm. And yeah. they had an interesting discussion about it. And K was like, he shouldn't have said anything. Just, you know, I look back and not, not be so detail-oriented. And uh, Peter and, and Don were kind of like on the other side of it. You know, no, he showed that it was his bad and it's, it's good. See, for me, it was so bad he needed to have said this last night. You know, looking back, listen, it's on me. How many times have we heard coaches like that? This loss is on me. All right. We messed up. Bad communication happened down late down the game. This one's on me. I'll take your questions. <laughs> yeah. Done. And Michael's point was, you know, like players must be thinking, oh, this guy just immediately yeah. did an about face. I don't think it matters to the players what he says at this point. It was no. so egregious. That's all I'm going to be thinking about was what yeah. we're doing. I mean, there had to be guys on the sidelines saying, what are we doing here? Russell yeah. Wilson's got to be thinking to himself, what are we doing here? Everybody yeah. just melted down in that spot, and it was not a good – for a very good weekend for rookie head coaches, it was like Nathaniel Hackett took all the good <laughs> and just flushed it down the toilet. It was – oof, that was rough. It was bad. It was really bad. And, but, and, again, it's one week. Yes. And one, week one is always overblown. So mm -hmm. if they go out and all of a sudden they turn things around, I don't know who they play in week two, but whoever it is, he will not have to say, you know, I'm keeping receipts on you guys if you say that uh, that we messed up again or something. No, he, he just, won't have to say that. No. But but I tell you what he will have to say. He He's going to have to make sure that his his guys in, in the locker room don't lose faith in that he knows what he's doing. See, that's yep. the thing. Yeah. That's the scary thing here. Are well, you sure you know what you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> I, I would like to think that he can't do anything worse than he did. I don't know about that. Yeah. I mean, that was a strong <laughs> open. Out. I mean, the jury's out. I mean, yeah. you know, no disrespect. You do that one. Yeah, I guess anything's up for grabs at that you know, point. No disrespect to Geno Smith. You know, I'm happy that he had a good game last night. But, I mean, Gord, you cannot – you're not supposed to lose to Geno Smith in Seattle when you got Russell when you got Russell Wilson as your quarterback. In yeah, Denver. I mean, he torched him in that first half. He, was he a, ripped he, him apart. He, yeah, he ripped him apart. Um, no, I mean, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, they had their chances. They had more than enough opportunities at the goal line, the two fumbles, uh, just oh. – and then even to have a shot after that. Mm-hmm. And uh, just not able to – and they had they kicked the field goal on that other drive where they were down there, could have scored, looked like oh. they scored. They got that penalty, moved them back. So, yeah, yeah it was – it was they, they really shot themselves in the foot, but uh, the coach is the both one of that everybody's spoken of. Yeah, both of them, every single toe. <laughs> it's all messed up today. Yeah. Marky's in the Big Apple. What's up, Marky? Yeah, I wanted to talk about the Jets coach. I think the lights, New York lights are too big for him. I really think I'm not trying to jump on him being bad, but he's not an X and O coach. I'm like the coach of the Giants. He dial up plays. Bill Belichick, he dials up plays. It's like he's watching the game instead of coaching. Guys want leadership. He got all these talented people. They looked good on defense, but the offense looks sucky, and we'll make him think Joe Flacco to hold it down. Like, all the decisions are wrong. And we just got to sit back and keep taking this mess. Like, oh, eat it up. Don't worry. You get on the picks. You got all these big names. They, these men are looking for leadership, man. They got to know you know what you're doing, man. You got to dial up something when the pressure is there. It's like he's watching a game instead of coaching a game. I don't know where they said he was good at. He had a good deal in San Francisco? He did, yeah. Well, what he makes did. him a good coach? Why should we bow down to this dude? He didn't do nothing that shows, him, shows that he's a good coach. Well, look, I mean, again, and, and Marky, uh, it, it, he, he had one season. Uh, that he didn't have any real – expectations going into the season last year. Oh, the only thing yeah, was you be better know than the year before. Doing, they were better sure. than the year before. And it's only one game. I don't like the yeah, way he's handled it. Thanks for the it. call, Marky. 
and mm-hmm. it was a it was a lifeless performance. You're right to criticize, and I do think that you know he's got he's got a lot to prove. Sure, and, he does. And, and through one week, he hasn't done a good job. I mean, no. there's no other way to put it. The offense looked absolutely lifeless. To think how excited we all are for the start of the football season. Mm-hmm. And then you see the Jets come out there, and it's like, uh, it's like, it's like going to the DMV. Yeah, it was bad. There's no two ways about it. It was bad. Like me on Cover Five, Gordon. Bad. Oh, you weren't. No, you weren't that oh. bad. You weren't oh. that bad. What do you? I, you went two and three, right? I, I didn't even look. I didn't even go back to look. <laughs> where, uh, what place are you in? Do you know what place you're uh, in? Let me. Uh, I'll tell you what. Let me read this, and I'll see if I can dig it up right. for you. Uh, football fans, sign up for Cover 5. It's a free-to-play pick'em game for season-long fun, and you can compete against your friends, your rivals, and your favorite 98.7 ESPN host. Pick five games each week, and the best score against the spread throughout the regular season will win $1,000. Weekly prizes of $100 will also be awarded. Join the 98.7 ESPN League with code NY22. That's NY22 on the Cover 5 app and Cover5.com. It's as easy as one to free. Visit ESPNNewYork.com for full contest rules. Um, it's so bad, Gordon, it won't even pop up. Well, I'm I'm 394, which is not, it sounds terrible, but there are yeah. 1,200, more than 1,200 people in the case. Now, I did notice that Dave did a very good job. He, well, I'm Dave's sure he does. in 59th place. Wow, that's I excellent. think he is the highest of all the um, the talent Grassa is in seventy uh, second place. Okay, so he's right behind Dave. Three forty for me. All right, so three forty. I mean, look, it's one week. Again, mm-hmm. there are what is it, twelve hundred and sixty seven people in the thing. Yes, it's not. You know, you're not down at the bottom. No, I'm not. I'm not. It could be much, much worse. It could be. I'm looking at some of the games this weekend. I'm like scared to pick anything. It uh, it does kind of ruin. <laughs> You know, we all you know, love football. It does, it does. kind of ruin you can't this enjoy thing it. that you love. You, you, you're, you're creating ways to just ruin your weekend. Like your, your team wins. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Uh, you know, maybe if you have fantasy, your fantasy team wins. But then you lose a couple of picks and you're like, oh, and that's what you focus on, right? The yeah, negative. exactly. I mean, look yeah. at New England, Pittsburgh. I mean, and, and the point spreads are interesting here, too. <laughs> you know the, the early spread, so you got to wait until you know when you when you when you're gonna make your picks and stuff. Like I mean, Baltimore, Baltimore, Miami, huh? You got you got yeah, the, you got the Ravens uh, that's this why week, last don't week's you? Was so important because I mean they have a you know everybody talks about the Jet schedule. Oh, yes. the Jet schedule's murderous row. Oh, it's so tough. It's so hard. The Dolphins got the same schedule. Well, and and the and the first part of it is is far more difficult. They get the mm-hmm. Ravens this week, then they get the Bills, and then they get the Bengals. Ooh, that's four tough games. I mean, those are it all is. you know expected to be maybe not the Patriots, but those are all expected to be playoff teams. Very uh, would not be a surprise if the Dolphins start one and three. Yeah, but you'd understand it. I would because understand because of your, because of who you're playing. And listen, yes. and, and and you're happy to get that one. Absolutely <laughs> that needed one. that one because it, it, as much of a the, the score looked like it was a blowout, it really wasn't a blowout. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a couple of big plays. They had an interception in the end zone on the first drive that was big. They had the fumble recovery for a touchdown, and then on the fourth down they hit the touchdown right before the half. But it was a pretty evenly matched game. I didn't think it was a blowout type of game. It looked that way on the scoreboard. Mac Jones couldn't move the football, huh? And then he got hurt. He did. He hurt his back. They had to give him uh, some uh, tests for. Um, some, some, uh, you know, check out what was going on with his back, yeah. but it's mm-hmm. everything came back negative, and uh, it looks like he's good to go. But yeah, 
It's going to be interesting. Not 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 a great start for New England. I don't know what their schedule no. is, but well, like I said, they've got Pittsburgh this week. Yeah, I mean that should that should be a winnable game. That's a that's them. a winnable game, depending on who's calling the plays. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they should let Mac Jones call the plays. He can't do any worse. Let yeah, the quarterback was, call them like the well, old days. I mean, their offensive line was a was a struggle, and you know some of the moves that. You know, when Belichick makes moves, everybody looks at them and they're like, ah, you know, that's it's Belichick. You got to have faith yeah. in Belichick. But yep. some of these moves that, it, I mean, the kid that they took in the first round, I think he got benched on Sunday. Oh, Michael K is in 555th place. Well, he, well, you know, he's, he's so, been, he's been, he's been doing baseball. I don't baseball know where you are, Larry. I'm still looking for you here. Rosenberg Radio, 586. Mm-hmm. I'm a little higher than that. I'm 390. Oh, you're three now. You're right with me. Yeah. Me and you. Yeah. Yeah. Look, together we're we can't together. we can't get separated from each other, Larry. <laughs> no, we can't. You can't get We're right where we belong. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We got your calls and we'll take you to the ballparks. Fenway and City Field. I don't know if I want to go to City Field, but we'll do it next on ninety eight seven ESPN. This is ESPN New York tonight. It's ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Hardesty and Damon till the top of the hour. Then it's Freddie and Fitz on 98.7. Time to take you to the ballpark. We'll head to Fenway Park in a couple of minutes. We begin at City Field, and it was another game where the Mets faced an under 500 opponent. Like 22 games under 500. Well, 21 before they came in. Uh, 23 before they came into this game tonight. And the big inning turned out to be the top of the fourth it was with runners on first and second and Ortega was going to bunt a runner over he got hit on his fingers attempting to sacrifice and he hurt himself so he had to be pulled and Hermosillo was brought in and he reached first on the throwing error by by James McCann because he was running in the, on the field, not in the baseline. Normally, you run in foul territory in that little box going down the line. He was on the other side, on the field side. He got hit by the ball that McCann th- tried to throw to Alonzo. So after the game, Buck Showalter was asked about the frustration of not being able to challenge that bunt play because it's not reviewable. The bunt, he, yeah, he definitely was not in the lane, you know. Elias said his right foot was on the line. Obviously, it wasn't. Those are things, you know, you find out well afterwards. And I don't know why you can't challenge that. I don't know why you can't challenge the uh, ground ball that hit them in the foot. We had that same play. I think it was Arizona this year where they said that uh, Cano would have been able to field it and he wouldn't have been able to. But it's a little uh, area of the play that a lot of people don't realize that past the first baseman. So you know, the second baseman got to be able to field it. Otherwise, that's not... You know, it's not nobody's out there. And that turned out to be two more runs end up coming up in that inning, Gordon. And then the Cubs add another one, and they beat the Mets 4-1. to one. Jacob DeGrom, six innings, four hits, three runs, all earned 10 strikeouts through 96 pitches, 72 for strikes. He did not pitch badly. So, Buck Showalter, what did you see from DeGrom? Good. You know, like most really good pitchers, they it might take them a little while to find their footing, but uh, – he gave us a great chance to win. You know, they, I thought he was good again and, and healthy. 
and uh, felt good. Had a good work day. You know, felt good for the most part. Night, normal stuff that pitchers feel over the course of an outing. And frustrated that uh, didn't end up better for the team. Yeah, I'm sure he was frustrated, but Gordon, not unusual. <laughs> he's no, seen I mean, this before. He's got to be used to it, right? Isn't it so weird that this is a thing that has gone on for years? Like, uh, you know, there's, there's, it's not that unusual for one specific pitcher to be the guy. You know, Jordan Montgomery, when he was at the Yankees, mm-hmm. didn't get a lot of run support from time to time. With DeGrom, it has been so pronounced, and it feels like for years now, they just do not, ever since he hit this, like, next level where he is just the best pitcher, mm-hmm. it feels like the Mets never score for him. Yeah, it's a wonder he won the Cy Young. <laughs> because he didn't have, right you, yeah. he had that's that's how dominant he had to be because he didn't really have the amount of wins that you would think from a Cy no. Young Award person. Gordon, no. he should have had at least twenty plus wins both those seasons, almost thirty wins that's the way he dominated. Yeah, I mean, and and it just it it never changes, right? Like never you does. you figure there would be some leveling out over time. Oh, this year he's gonna get all the run support. No, that hasn't happened either. No, it hasn't. It hasn't. And neither has the Met hitting. They have not hit. Uh, Peter Alonso, solo home run, his 34th. He's got 110 runs batted in. But they have not hit, Gordon. And what's terrible is they, in a part where they have the easiest schedule in baseball, okay, the easiest schedule, they they have lost six of their last – they've lost six of their last ten. While Atlanta has won seven of their last ten, and they're leading 4-1 – in the bottom of the six. So, Buck Walter, what's it going to do to get this offense cooking? You know, I'm always one to give credit to the other teams pitching. It's just it's the way it is. And uh, that's the right thing to do. Number, you know, we, we strike out four or five times on the night, and it just tells you sometimes about strikeouts. You know, the first inning, we uh, you know, get a firm hit ball there that, you know, Nim just couldn't uh, – get out of the way of and Pete's ball misses by inches it's kind of way it's going a little bit tonight so and we didn't do much offensively that goes without saying but you know we got some guys with track record doing it for us it's the reason we're in the position we are in and you know I have confidence that they'll fight their way through it uh they better beat the Cubs tomorrow Gordon that's all oh. I know I mean <laughs> they better beat them you know tomorrow the Mets were the largest betting favorite this year to lose they were, um, can't remember what, I think they were minus 440 tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, David Bierman of ESPN, he had the, uh, according to ESPN Stats and Info, Mets' largest favorites to lose this year. Favorites of minus 400 or shorter are now only 4-4 four and four on the year. So you really can't predict baseball. Yeah, you're right. Mets were minus four, uh, 455 tonight. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, by the way, before the game, it was announced that Max Scherzer, with his left oblique irritation, scheduled to pitch Wednesday, tomorrow in the simulated game at City Field, or a rehab appearance with AAA Syracuse. And if all goes well, he's expected to come off the injured list early next week in Milwaukee. Hopefully he can hit too, because the way, they, <laughs> the way they're swinging the bats right now, pitching may not be enough. It's ESPN New York tonight, taking you to the ballpark. When we return, we'll take you to Fenway Park, where the Yankees... We're able to beat the Red Sox in 10 innings. And yeah, Aaron Judge had a decent night. We'll explain next on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. 
It's ESPN New York tonight. We continue going to the ballpark, hearing from the skippers. In this case, we heard from Buck Showalter. Now we're here from Aaron Boone after an easy 7-6 win in 10 innings, right, Gordon? Had it all had the way. It, had it all the way. Never a doubt, Larry. Never a doubt. <laughs> in that game, Aaron Judge hit not one, but two home runs. Gordon, is he just amazing? It's it's truly incredible. You know, every time you think, ah, he's starting to slow down a little bit. No, nope, he comes through again. And, and look, the Yankees need him to keep coming through. He's the offense pretty much. So it's big. It. He's all they got. He is all they have. It's unbelievable. So Aaron Boone was asked after the game, when Judge hits a home run, uh, what energy does it give to the team? I, I think it's huge. And, and especially tonight, you know, those are both – you know, with the back and forth game, right back in the game or tie in the game. So, so they're really big. And, you know, I thought, you know, I thought, <clears throat> I thought we were a little flat today, maybe coming out of the off day, or, you know, and just kind of a, you know, a little bit of a dreary day. And, you know, I felt like, you know, certainly Marwin's Homer kind of energized us and got it rolling. And then when Judgey does those kind of things, um, I thought, I thought the guys really competed well. Aaron, does Judge have an appreciation of what he's doing this season? Yeah, I mean, I think he's aware of what's going on, but I think he's... I think when your priorities are right and around team and around leading this team and, and being the guy, it keeps it simple. And, you know, it's what I do to come help this team win in every aspect of the game, leading defense, running the bases, putting my plan together at the plate and going up there and executing and just let the results happen. Um, he's done a great job of that. No question about it. And Gordon, he's been he's been consistent. He's hitting the clutch. He's he's played great defense wherever you put him in the outfield, either center field, right field or left. He's, he's done it all this season. There's nothing you can really say about him. He's the MVP. That's all you can say. We're, we're done with that conversation, right? It's not. Yeah, any, I hope so. I mean, the people that were trying to push Otani, and he's incredible. And he is incredible. He's remarkable. But when you're talking about the, like, where would the Yankees be without Aaron Judge? Yeah. Uh, they'd be battling Baltimore for the bottom of Oh, <laughs> the my <division>. goodness. <laughs> it just, he just would. He really would. He really, really would. Well, all that was well and good, but, the you know, he hit a couple of home runs. He tied it at three. Then he also, you know, tied it at four. and uh, But it was it went into extra innings. But it was Glaber Torres against the former Met, Jay Reese Familia, that turned out to have the game winner with a bases-loaded clearing hit. And Aaron Boone was asked, so why is Glaber so clutch? Well, he's, he's good bat to ball. He's got power at all fields. Um, and when he's right, you know, he really, you know, he, he's, he starts controlling the zone better. And, you know, his bat to ball, I think, allows him to hit good pitching. I think it's why we've seen him do well in the playoffs and in his time in the playoffs. And, um, you know, when he's like this, I just like him up there in situations. Have you noticed his good uh, bat to ball? See, Robert Sala just lie. You just lie. You just bold face. He's been one of the worst hitters. I know he's got picked it up a little bit lately. Robert, just lie. Lie through your teeth. <laughs> you haven't done it in a month. You know what it's time for, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Answers with Aaron. All right, this is when 
Gordon Damer goes into the mind of Aaron Boone and predicts what he will say and how he will answer the questions he had with the media. And full disclosure, uh, Gordon Damer has not heard any of these comments nope. from Aaron Boone. All right, let's begin. Let's stay with uh, Gleyber Torres, shall we? Okay. Here we go, Gordon. This is a simple one. How much more confident does Gleyber look? How much more confident does Gleyber Torres look? Well, he looks a lot more confident, but that comes from results. You know, we feel like he's been having some good swings. We like where his uh, his his swing angle, or he'll come up with some you know term for how his swing is, is, is changed now here as we get closer to October. So, yeah, he's definitely more confident right now. We need him. This is the kind of Glaber Torres that we need, and he certainly came through big for us tonight. So, Aaron Boone, how much more confident does Glaber Torres look? Yeah, it's huge. Um, you know, talk about when he's right, you want him up in those kind of situations because he's, he's going to give you a good at bat against a tough pitcher, and he's capable of that. And that was exactly that, you know, to take that sinker and stick it in the right center gap with the way he did. Um, it, was, it was a big-time at bat and a big-time situation. All right, here's the next one, Gordon. It's about Garrett Cole, the starter tonight, the ace Ooh, okay. of the staff. Six innings, four, four runs. All earned, four hits, three home runs, two walks, 10 strikeouts, 98 pitches, 64 for strikes. So Aaron Boone was asked after the game, um, very simply, what did you see from Cole tonight? So what is he going to say, Gordon? Well, I think he'll say, you know, I liked a lot of what he had. You know, he got victimized by the long ball a little bit. That's been an issue so far this year. But I really like his command. I really like his control. But, you know, in this ballpark, he just got victimized a little bit by the home run ball. And uh, But I like where Garrett's at. What did you see from Cole tonight, Aaron Boone? I thought he threw well. I mean, obviously the long ball got him. You know, the McGuire pitch was a good pitch. Um, you know, up and in, he gets to it and keeps it fair. Falls behind Casas there. That second inning, he, he struggled with his command a little bit. Um, you know, had the leadoff walk and then fell behind Casas and, and looked like, you know, center cut one on him that, you know, he hit pretty well. Um, and then Bogarts got him down the line. Around that, it was really good. You know, what, 11 punchies? Um, but, but, you know, obviously the long ball hurt him in some situations tonight. Gordon, it was almost perfect. The only thing you didn't have was the eleven punchies. The punchies. I didn't. I did not see the punchies coming. <laughs> you're you're in back to regular forms, like you yeah, have well, Mr. B. You know, every once in perfect. a while. Perfect. Good job as always. That's us taking you to the ballpark with the Mets and Yankees getting a reaction after the game. We try to do it every night here on 98.7 ESPN. And Gordon, tomorrow night. The Yankees will uh, try to go over the sweep for the Red Sox in this two games. They've got nasty Nestor Cortez on the hill up in Bean, up in Beantown. Yeah, you like to see Nestor get it back out there. And at this point, you kind of have more confidence in Nestor being able to go out there and, and shut down the opposing team, especially in big spots, than you do in Garrett Cole. So, uh, you know, it's not going to be just about Cole in the playoffs. It's about uh, the, the rest of the rotation stepping up. And the rotation's been – it's not been the issue. Uh, it's been scoring no. runs, so – We'll see if they can get some more Aaron Judge home runs tomorrow. Very quietly, Gordon, the Yankees have won 7 of 10. Yeah, starting to pick things up. I mean, the offense is still not great, but it's better than it has been. And it's really about getting the, the big parts of the offense going. Glaber has, you know, my jokes aside, he has been better lately. Uh, Stanton is still struggling quite a bit. And, uh, you know, you have to hope that Rizzo gets back here before too long. 
Uh, maybe, I don't know when DJ LeMayhew is going to be back. I don't know when we're going to get to see Harrison Bader. Uh, it looks like not before <laughs> too long. So maybe things are starting to round into form a little bit, but uh, I, I need to see a little bit more before I'm jumping back on, thinking that there's going to be some deep October run. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And it would be nice to kind of see where, um, you know, Severino's going to be in this in this rotation as well. Or whether yep. you're going to end up using him out of the out of the pen, which is what, unfortunately, because of his injury situations during the season, he's had to be that guy out of the pen. And he's he's been he's been invaluable there. Yeah, I mean, look, they got a lot of good guys out of the pen. Unfortunately, it feels like Clay Holmes still is not. Yeah. I mean, I know the overall numbers look okay, but still doesn't feel like he is as locked down, certainly not as locked down as he was earlier in the year. So mm -hmm. hopefully they get him back turned around. But, I mean, we've been talking for a little while. Uh, Loisega has certainly got things straightened out. Trevino, since he got here, Litke's been good. Um, you know, Peralta's been big at times. So, mm -hmm. yeah, the Yankee bullpen is going to be a weapon come October, just as whether or not they score enough runs to get them a lead. Yeah, and, and plus you're going to add some of your starters to that pen as well. So that's yep. going to give you some depth there too. I mean, Tyon, I guess, could give you an inning if necessary, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in situations like that, you know. Um, but, you know, I think, you'll be in, uh, I think you'll be in good shape. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.